to Killer Chronicles. Hi, welcome to Volume 2. We forgot to mention this last time. Yeah. But if you aren't a fan of dark humour... Especially since we're talking about true crime, which is... Yeah, you might not feel comfortable with this, so... It's totally fine to just click out now. Yeah, we're not, obviously, we're not... Um, Making fun of the victims. At all, whatsoever. We mean no disrespect, it's just... Except for the murder. They can go away. Dishonour on their they, cows. Dishonour on their cows. Dishonour on them. Yeah, so, murderer, disrespect, for sure. But nobody else, so... Okay, let's get to the case. <laughs> let's start. Okay, so, today's case is... Meredith Kircher and her murder. Everyone like states this as like the case of Amanda Knox. I don't want to center it around Amanda Knox. Amanda, wait, Amanda Knox is the one that was suspected, right? And She's then Kircher her roommate, is the thing. and she was convicted. Okay, okay. Um, Meredith Kircher was an exchange student from I think it was like Surrey, England, and she was in the University of Leeds, and she was doing an exchange program to a university in Italy. She was 21 when the, the murder happened. Oh shit, that's my age. That's your age. Oh and Amanda Knox was my age. Oh, ew. Yeah. <laughs> you oldie. You're so old. <laughs> Please don't kill me. <laughs> I had an, enough time to do it. We're not even in uni anymore. Oh, true. Doesn't count. Oh, true. I'm yeah, so this is like, it's it's her murder, but it's always Amanda Knox who gets the most attention. Not even the other people who were like wrongly accused. Just just her. It's all about her. Mm. Well, I must say, her name Ooh. is far more catchy than Meredith Kircher. Well, there's something about up. that later. Oh, about her name. Oh, okay. Ugh. I don't blame. Amanda in any way shape or form for the media like just taking her name and like with it yeah because it was also like the way they spun it was so salacious and like the the only way I can describe this case and like all of the different like intermingling aspects of this case is a circus Uh. that just a circus of like the whole brain laundry thing Honestly. And Dr. Bounty Hunter. <laughs> Honestly. It's insane the amount of meddling that went on from, like, different areas in this case. Mm. So there's really not much information on Meredith. I tried to get more so I could give her a good introduction. Mm. And, like, at the very least at the start of this case, like, give her some kind of respect. Mm-hmm. But... There's really nothing much on her, certainly not as much as Amanda. Mm. And um, so all I really have is that she was um, a dedicated student. She really cared about her studies. And that sort of caused a rift between her and Amanda. Apparently, I don't know, all of this is like... Wait, wait, so... Just because Amanda, she found the studying in Italy really easy. So she would just spend, she like got a job and like she would spend loads of time with her boyfriend who she only knew for five days and I'm like let's not talk about that yet <laughs> um, but yeah she didn't spend as much time like like studying like in her room studying mm-hmm. but it's because she found the course easy she didn't need to mm-hmm. whereas Meredith she was studying something else and she was apparently a dedicated student and she cared about her studies and that was like her thing I guess okay so yeah like I said all there really is to do with her is that she was like an elegant British exchange student that was it oh my god <laughs> you know elegant and British wow it's just <laughs> me all over <laughs> yes the only British <laughs> person that's ever British <laughs> so that's Meredith just like a completely normal no, nothing like bad to her name kind of girl mm-hmm, mm-hmm. woman shouldn't say girl she was 21 (laughs) and then there's other people who were involved in this case and i'll explain them later but like i'll give you a quick rundown so there's amanda knox like i said which is her roommate then there's amanda knox's boyfriend whose name is raffaelli but amanda refers to him as raphael so i'm going to refer to him as raphael because i feel Uh, pretentious saying his real name that's so funny if you did i could do it and be offensive 
Go right ahead, bro. Thank you. Um, there's another person called Patrick Lumumba. Pa- wait, Patrick Lumumba? Lumumba. Lumumba in one word. Wait, so it's Le? Lu. 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 Mumba. Mamba? <laughs> Mamba. <laughs> which one? L U. Wait, which one? Wait, no, I have the spelling on a different page. Okay. <laughs> like the real spelling. Oh my god. Lumumba. Yeah, L U M U M B A. Lumumba. Lumumba. Wonderful. Incredible. But everyone like goes into detail about him. There's really literally nothing to be said. He's just Amanda's boss at a club called Le Chic. It's like <gasps> Le Mumba and Le Chic. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. What Beyonce? <laughs> no, sorry, okay, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Let's move on. And then there's um, Giuliano, Giuliano, is that his name? One sec, I wrote his name <laughs> later on. Why yeah, Giuliano Nini. And I do not like this man. He is the lead prosecutor. Okay, so. Of the case. So he only got invested, he, he didn't know them before, just prosecuted. Just pres- he was like introduced into this case. Okay. Like that's his, his stance. Okay. And then the fifth person I'm going to talk about is Nick Pisa, a journalist. Ooh, I do not like him. <laughs> do not like him. I do not like Giuliano. Giuliano I... is the prosecutor. Yes. And Nick the... Pisa is the journalist. Right. Lumumba is a side character that literally I re- doesn't matter. I will remember him. <laughs> <laughs> remember from my sheep. I, I know. Um, Meredith is the victim. Okay. Yeah. Amanda Knox and Raphael together okay 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 so this is usually told from amanda's point of view because she was the one who entered the house first Mm -hmm. and obviously she got convicted so it's her point of view that like matters the most right so she says that i'm not going to explain her time before the murder because it literally doesn't matter it doesn't pertain to the case in any way and i like want to drag the focus away from her for once okay that sounds so rude, but honestly, yeah, everything's always to do with her. And it's, like, not her fault. I just want to reiterate, it's not her fault that everything is to do with her. Yeah. It's just not. Um, I mean, I don't think you'd want to be the focus of a murder case, to be quite honest. Yeah. <laughs> I guess unless you're an narcissist. Yeah. I guess some people would. There are those people <laughs> that, like, admit to murders that they haven't committed, I guess. How are they usually in prison? Oh, Already. Not, not necessarily, I think. I mean, you, yeah, that's most of the time. I can but... only think of one other time where there was the guy who called in on a TV show claiming he was the Zodiac Killer. Oh, yeah. But that's it was good. from a mental hospital. Uh, well, no, I, I was thinking, I can't, I can't think of a specific case, but I'm pretty sure someone did, like, um, properly told their name and everything, like, literally sold himself out and was like, hey, I did it. Obviously, it was bullshit. It didn't happen. It wasn't true. But um, I was thinking of, like, something like that, like, genuinely coming forward and giving all the details about themselves. But, like, the whole thing with, like, calling in and claiming to be whatever, that happens so often. Like, um, writing well, letters. Never giving your name. Yeah, never giving your name. That's for sure. Did the... And that's significantly less narcissistic. Yeah. Did the guy who called in get, give his name and everything? The um, mental hospital guy? don't remember well they traced him they traced him to the mental hospital okay that's how they proved that it was not actually the zodiac killer who gave this interview yeah i mean they could trace the phone to that though but not a specific person is what i mean i don't know okay what i was um watching was a psychologist review the behavior of the zodiac killer and like what kind of like personality he has right so the way this this case starts is Amanda walks into the apartment she shares with Meredith and two other women. I forget one of their name, Romanelli, Romanelli, I think, and another girl called Laura. They're both Italian and they've lived in this house for Laura is Italian as well. Yeah, in Italy it's usually pronounced Laura. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so they, it's Romanelli who owns this place. 
Roman Elite Rater testifies and her testimony bothered me. I've read some of the court proceedings, like translated court proceedings, and they bothered me, to say the least. The way she would present things to a case that's already so convoluted without knowing for sure the facts that she's saying bothered me. But I'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. So Amanda enters this apartment. Like I said, four roommates. Um, but those two don't usually stay at the house. That's why they were never convicted. It's because they were away. They never usually stay there. But there's four bedrooms and two of those bedrooms are theirs. There's also two bathrooms. One bathroom, um, Riminelli and Laura share. And um, the other one, Meredith and Amanda share. Mm -hmm. So Amanda walks in after spending, well, is disputed on where she was spending her night. Mm -hmm. But she steadfast. And so does her boyfriend that they were at his place that night. So she comes home about one, I think it is. And things seem a bit odd to her. The door's open, but I heard somewhere that this wasn't an irregular occurrence for the door, 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 door to be oh, unlocked. So, so, it wasn't, uh, so it was unlocked, it wasn't ajar. Look, <laughs> man, the testimonies are white. They change Fair enough. so often. And... But I, I think of it, they say open, but I think it means unlocked. Okay. She walks in and she says she looks in her, like, it feels a bit weird. She looks in her room, she sees nothing gone. So it's like messy, but the way she says it's messy, I don't know whether she's trying to indicate that someone ruffled through it or that she just keeps a messy room. Right. She goes to the bathroom and there's drops of blood in the sink. But she apparently recently had her ears pierced. So she thought it could have been from that. Amanda did. Or... Amanda had her ears pierced. Okay. She took a shower. This is like, yeah. Making sure I have these timeline correct. You're um, going to supply some ASMR with this page turning. <laughs> um, yeah, a few drops of blood. So she took a shower. And once she got out of the shower, she noticed there was blood on the bath mat. Now, I've seen pictures of the bath mat. Like, the, the evidence for this is everywhere. Like, it's so easy to find videos of mm -hmm. the murder scene and the blood everyone's talking about. Oh, yikes. That reminds me, I was, um, for a different case we're going to discuss next time, I was looking into, um, like, how rape kits are being done. Um, oh, and that there's, like, 10,000, over 10,000 that have never been processed. Yeah, and also, more specifically, doing the autopsy, how it's how it looks. And there was this, um, there wasn't actually much I could find about, which was surprising, but also women issues, am I right? Yeah, um, <laughs> So there was this one PDF file that was like pretty up top with the search results, and I opened it, and the pictures were horrific. It was just like actual corpses without much things that were blurred out in that pdf file and that shocked me it was like it's so weird is it like is there no privacy laws i don't know but there was it was specifically talking about rape right mm -hmm. so they were mostly unclothed and there was no blurs like at all no blurs at all not in the places you would expect them to be but so just like the wounds that were blurred or something i think the face was but I don't remember anymore, but you can, you could see. Well, if this is a document that's like, it's just released because like, I don't know, the statue of like, I keep saying like, the statue of keeping that kind of evidence covered has been released and it's just part of an info dump that happened, mm. then that would make more sense. I don't know, I'm not sure, but it's weird. I would kind of understand it if it was like somewhere low down in a search and it's kind of like, I don't know, let's say at a, at a, um, well, like uni. How high you uh, put it. I guess. I don't know, I don't know. It was just, it was just so jarring to have like such an easy access to pictures like that. Cause I was it like. It doesn't seem like it should be, it just feels like it could be abused so easily. I would, I was thinking about it cause like. It was, like, if you were into, I don't know, it was so nasty. Way, when I say um, the murder scene, 
I'll talk about it. I'll, let me explain it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she she took a shower. She saw this bath mat. Like I said, I saw the photos of it. It was a light blue bath mat, and it had what looked like... I would describe it as if you've ever been caught off guard in the shower and had your period. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. And, like, you know how, like, the water just kind of makes it, like, diluted? And then you, like, have footprints. This is why I advocated for a black one. Black one, yeah, that makes (laughs) sense. Because I've stained my mum's literal shame shade blue bath mat in the exact same way. Oh, no. And it's, like... There's a very, to me, it's a very clear footprint and drops. And it's like that just in my brain. Mm-hmm. I immediately associate that with period. Yeah. That and they sense. were like, yeah. and I would assume that's what Amanda would immediately associate it with as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be grossed out if I came home and like your period club was <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I wouldn't be like chill, but like, I wouldn't immediately su- assume. That I were murdered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they they always bring up, like, well, how could she have had a shower? She didn't even know. She says she didn't notice the blood on the bath mat until after she got out of the shower. Yeah. So it's like... Um, I feel like once you're, like, at home or, like, wherever you're comfortable at, usually you, like, look at the ground or whatever when you're unsure of where you're going, where you're standing, what the pavement is like. Like if you were stepping outside of a bathtub. Yeah. Then you look down, you see the map. Yeah, yeah, but if you're, like, at home and you know what's what, you didn't really, like, pay attention. It's like, you know, that stayed on the stairs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, we didn't notice it until, like, a while after. Yeah, until, like, we were... But I only noticed it because... I had a hawk eye because I knew my dad was coming. Oh, right, yeah. Um, anyway, um, she still wasn't really spooked by that. Like I said, um, she she just accounted it to, like, maybe one of the flatmates injuring themselves or Meredith being on her period. Could be from Shaven as well. Literally, it could have been anything. It wasn't, like, a scary... To me, it wasn't a scary amount of blood. Okay. It was a... You definitely should have thrown that in the washing machine. Right. Amount of blood. But not a... Someone's been murdered. Right. Especially because it was only on the bathroom. It wasn't, like, smudged around the bathroom. That's weird. That's... That's weird. It is. It feels what? like it's been cleaned up then, but bath mats are kind of... Yeah. And it was on the sink, so it was... Well... Yes, it did seem like it had been cleaned up. Okay, or maybe, like, he was dripping, they were dripping, and they cleaned themselves up with a towel while still sta- stood on the, the bath mat, and mm-hmm. that's why it wasn't anywhere else. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Anyway, like I said, she still wasn't, like, panicked, and then she saw that there was feces in the toilet. Ew. Disgusting. And that's when she panicked. She was like, because... nobody, well, nobody would do that in her house. That's when she was like, something is wrong. Like, it kind of then cloaked door open, blood in places, feces in the toilet. Especially because I heard from somewhere that, like, beforehand there'd been, like, a couple of arguments about Amanda leaving, like, stains in the toilet and having to clean it up. Like, being asked to clean it up. So it's like, she knew Meredith would never, ever do that. And the two other girls weren't in the house. Right. So, um... I saw the picture, by the way. Ew. Like, why would you take a picture? Ew. Why would you add That's that so to the nasty. crime scene photos that are just available? That's so gross. <laughs> um, so she went to her, her boyfriend. The, the timeline of events from this point onwards as to who she contacted is... Uh, it changes. Other people tell different tales. In the Netflix documentary, it's like... She goes straight to her boyfriend, and then her boyfriend calls calls the carabinieri, mm-hmm. which is just the like military. Police. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He calls the postal police, which is like they just like do break-ins, which would make sense because. Um, oh, is that like a separate thing entirely? Yeah, yeah. The carabinieri is kind of like the bad boys. <laughs> They've been in the army. They okay. They handle weapons, but that's they still are. police. It's just. Yeah, Harry Nier is still police, but, like, if you were to assume 
the only sense I've seen Carabinieri is like when I was in Italy after all of those terrorist attacks happened I was in Florence and they were like basically just posted all around the big tourist areas all right and um, clearly they're called for murders as well okay so how many is so it's Carabinieri it's um postal what's that postal police I don't know I think that's just like the average police oh okay so that's the I average one too Okay. I'm not completely certain, since I've never needed police in Italy, so I don't yeah, know the um, full extent of all of the different divisions. Yeah, because I, 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 I don't know whether it's the same thing, but in Poland, um, there's also, like, I think I think it's a separate thing from police, though. It's called Sleszmiska, um, which is just basically, they're specifically assigned to a specific city, and they're mm. just, like, on patrol, on the lookout. I don't know, it's weird. I don't know, I don't... Well, I, know. I I know different regions have like different cars. I only know this because Farazan, the small little mountain town next to where I where my family comes from, mm-hmm. they have these dinky, adorable little cars oh. that say like Farazan police. No, the, the the one I was talking about, um, it literally translates to um, city watch. Something like that. I don't know if it really has that. Okay. I just know that there's two, that the Carabinieri are like the big guys. Mm. The guys who deal with like the serious stuff. Okay. And like I said, you have to be in the military to be in there. Um, and it's really prestigious to get in. Like it's an honour to get in. Alright. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> the timeline, like I said, is weird. Some accounts say that she called her mum first, which just kind of shows how naive she is. Mm. Also, she walked around the house because, like I said, she got spooked. So she walked around the house to see if like anything had happened, like she she could find her roommates. And she walks into Romanelli's room, mm-hmm. and her window's broken, and there's like glass on the floor in Romanelli's room. Yeah, yeah. So some accounts say she calls her mum, and her mum's like, "What the fuck? Call the police." <laughs> Wait, so, wait, 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 I'm sure you're about to explain, but <laughs> uh, at this point, the only thing she sees is is the bath mat and then the dump and the, and the toilet, and then she freaks out and calls her mum? I think she sees the broken window and then she freaks out and calls her mum. Okay, okay, okay. She hasn't seen Meredith at this point, is, is I assume what you're getting Okay, at. so it's just the window, the gurusa's toilet, and then the bath mat for now. And yeah, then and the drops in the sink. Yeah. Oh yeah, the sink, I forgot about the sink yeah, yeah for sure but i don't i don't really know about this this mum phone call i only heard it in a podcast i didn't see it anywhere else in any of the articles i was reading all right fair enough but she definitely calls um romanelli before going to her boyfriend's house according to romanelli and romanelli she like talks in the in court on trial she talks about how like she was confused so how you could take a shower and it's like well first of all all she she claims all she saw was the blood in the sink before she took the shower and i wouldn't be spooked let's just say if i saw a couple of drops like oh my gosh it could have been because you're freaking you sick yeah, yeah i was about to say um or like if you have your periods and you're and just washing your hands. hands anything yeah yeah i would not be spooked enough not to take a shower yeah no i don't think so i don't think i would be either yeah, and everyone always everyone always talks about this point. Everyone. I think it's because Romanelli mainly brought it up in the thing. And also her boyfriend, Raffaele, her ex-boyfriend, um, he goes on to say about, like, how... What was the exact quote? I think I have it written down. Um, his surprise at having a shower without being anxious. Rolling my eyes at that. Literally do a rolling uh, eyes face. It's like... I would I, I, understand that. It was... Because... The way Romanelli explains the phone call that Amanda Knox made to her, she sounds like... I mean, I think she explains it a bit poorly because she's just explaining everything a bit poorly. She's like... She stops and starts and, like, she doesn't fully state everything as fact, I want to say. It kind of sounds like she's just making stuff up at some points. Definitely a lot of the things she says is speculation and that's a common theme. Oh, yeah. With um, this case. I feel like I kind of understand. I mean, it's still shitty and like, go away. <laughs> uh, but like, I kind of understand it from like dudes because there's only so many, apart from um, your gums being sensitive, I guess. But there's only like so many different ways uh, yeah. for you to like bleed. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I get that as well. I get that as well. But yeah, but like as a woman, or at least someone who has a womb, let's be inclusive. Or yeah, or someone who has a womb and has to deal with uh, heckin' periods. It's like, I don't know. I don't, you, there would have to be like a really great amount of blood for me to be concerned that anything happened. If it was on the walls, I think is when I'm like, okay, something bad's happening, I need to leave right now. I say still considering the amount though. Because it could be... I well, I know. suppose if it's like the tiniest smudge. I'm saying yeah. fingerprints on the walls. Oh, yeah, I'm no, like, for sure. No, I'm out, I'm out. Some, like, horror movie bullshit. And yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so then she goes back to Raphael. And um, the documentary on Netflix differs from the court testimony of Meredith. In the documentary, it's just like Amanda Knox says that she went back to Raphael's and then goes back to the house, Raphael calls the police, and then the way she finds out that they've found out about, like, the carabinieri break down the door of um, Meredith's room, because she tried the door and it wouldn't open, and she knocked, and, like, she wasn't answering. And then it was the carabinieri who opened the door and found the crime scene. Mm -hmm. And she finds out about all, everything that's in the room, second-hand by the carabinieri basically announcing it to each other while she's just stood outside is how she explains it in the documentary. The way Romanelli explains it in the court testimonials is that she'd already arrived at the house with two of her male friends, I think it is, who tried to like knock down the door. Romanelli did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Romanelli saw like a glimpse of the room. So I, I tend to believe the court testimony is more so than the bias netflix documentary uh-huh. but everybody in this case have biases right wait so but it doesn't even really matter like this this line of inquiry doesn't really matter it just goes to show how inconsistent yes inconsistent yeah. and chaotic this entire case is mm. okay so that concludes essentially the the timeline of finding meredith mm-hmm. i'm not going to explain too much of the crime scene because I think it's a bit disrespectful, since I don't even have, like, Meredith's interests. Right. Um, but it was messy. It was, there's blood on the walls. There's, like, fingerprint blood on the walls. Mm. She's covered in a blanket, and one of her legs is sticking out. And she's partially naked. And, like, her bra's been cut off. Mm. And there's, I don't know if it was, like, visible straight away, but definitely in the autopsy, it shows that there was, there was sex, obvious sexual abuse. So that's the crime scene. Awful. The pictures are the pictures and video are in the documentary, the Netflix documentary. Was the body included? No. Well, she's entirely covered in the, the duvet from the from the bed. Mm-hmm. And only her foot sticking out, so yeah, technically yeah. Okay, I guess, okay. So that that is that. <laughs> that's the conclusion of all of the events that lead up to that. I'm now going to introduce what I have titled this section as The Bullshit Investigator. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so this is where my description of Giuliano. <laughs> is it with a G or a J? G-I. Okay. Um, the way in the Netflix documentary, his, essentially his first words are him talking about like insignificant details or like what what solves a case it goes on to mention Sherlock Holmes <laughs> boils oh my, my piss that's so stupid because oh my gosh I have so many opinions on BBC Sherlock we do not need to get into it no. from in a true crime podcast right but insignificant details don't matter in the real life. Yeah, it's like so they don't weird and self-important and creating some weird-ass narrative for themselves. Oh, is that a theme with oh. Guillermo? Oh. Um, yeah, I just, I want to like put into perspective how, how you should not use Sherlock Holmes as a jumping board for your for your criminal investigations. Yeah. In the first episode of BBC Sherlock, and like I said, I have opinions, BBC Sherlock is nothing like the books, but let's just go off of that. It's everyone's main thought. 
No, it isn't. It's not Thank for you. me. It's Thank the you. it's the, the Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> it's so underrated. More it people is. have to watch it. it. Is. Their relationship is so much better in it as well. Mm. Not just a puppy following him around. Yeah. Anyway, in the first episode, within five minutes, he deduces that the victim is a. Um, I'll say an infidel. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> um, she, she's cheating on her husband. He deduces this the, by... The, who is? The victim. He deduces this by the fact that there's no tarnishing on the inside of her gold ring. This is absolutely ridiculous because this... this she, she was... Uh, married? Wait, what? Yeah, this... Okay. This is not, like, the case. This is in BBC Sherlock. The first ah, episode okay, of wait, BBC I, got, Sherlock. I got so confused. I just said the oh first episode God. of BBC Sherlock. Yeah, sorry. He deduces that um, this, this married woman is um, cheating on her husband because the inside of her ring is, is not tarnished. So, I mean, she takes it on and off a lot. She could just get irritated by gold. That reason why she takes it on and off, it could be because she doesn't want to lose it, so she she takes it off every time she washes her hands. Right. It could be she could so many different things. be a crafter, a baker. Yeah, like I can't. Uh, if it's, it was on your on her right hand or something, like I can't. It's draw. her wedding ring, so it's her left hand. But well, she could be left-handed. She could be. But yeah, I have to take off my rings um, whenever I draw something. Yeah, so it's like there's. Mm, there's a million reasons but obviously Sherlock's right because he's Sherlock and the writers know what the real narrative is yeah and he's supposed to know everything that's like the the drawer of it all is that he knows everything right real life isn't like this it is not so two of the one of them the main thing that like he like deduced from this crime scene. She's covered with the blanket. He says that that must be a female murderer. Uh, a man wouldn't have the compassion to cover oh her with God. a blanket. Literally, okay. And in my notes, wait, 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 in my notes, I literally say that shows his character. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh, my, that's really good. That's a really good point. But also, um, it was also on a Netflix, Netflix documentary. I forgot what it's called. Um, I think something on a beach maybe i don't know i don't know whatever it was also a netflix documentary which i watched and it was a very very similar thing it was a young woman she was found in a forest and same thing i think she was also maybe possibly partially naked but she was covered with something Mm -hmm. so um i mean that one also had like some um homophobic um fun fun time because they deduced that it was a neighbor um a female neighbor who was on and off on and off relationship with their victim's mother um so they all assumed it is her because she was covered and and she and that must be a female yeah because and it wasn't it was a, it, like at the end of the day she was wrongfully she was wrongfully convicted and it was a man and it was proved with like literal like dna and everything yeah without a shadow of a doubt it ah. Oh. Oh, that's so annoying. Like, get your head out of your and own also, ass. also, if that was, like, a real thing, would not every single male murderer cover their victims to throw off the scent? That's so true. That's and every so female true. murderer not cover their victims for the same reason? That's so true. Like, just also insignificant. It covering could, her doesn't need to mean compassion. It, it could, could mean be... that he didn't want to look at her after he committed the crime. Right? Whatever. <sighs> Yeah, no. yeah it, it could be indicative of even just a first-time killer shocked with what they've done. No, you have to have your head so far up your ass to, like, think to that it's so the only option. sure of that. That's so stupid. It's not... There's a second, a second deduction that he made that also, excuse my northern, boils my piss. <laughs> and it's, they bring Amanda in to look at the knives and basically... See if the murder weapon is missing. And at this point, it, like, hits her. Her roommate's been murdered. This could have been her. And she has, like, a breakdown. Like, this is, like, so clearly in my mind, like, in my mind's eye, a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And Guillermo says... I keep saying his name wrong. I also don't care that I'm saying his name wrong. Was it Guillermo? 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 Okay, whatever. Maybe we should refer to him from his second name. Mimi. That sounds even worse. We can call him the G-boy. 
no, that's makes him sound like a gangster. A fun guy. A cool uh, okay. guy. What's what's his second name again? Um, it starts with an M. Meanie. The meanie boy. Meanie <laughs> boy. The meanie boy. Um. Yeah, so she's she's like hysterical. She's like um Mini Boy explains it as like she's hitting her head, like her ears with her hands. And um you know, to me that just screams breakdown. You know? Yeah. It means nothing to me other than someone in an incredibly high stress situation like... who's looking at what could possibly be a murder weapon. Just yeah. a naive 22 year old who's never been in a situation like this even before. even if she wasn't looking at any uh, like possible murder weapons though like if if anyone with a shred of uh emotionality in any capacity whatsoever was put in a similar situation and had to deal with like a murder that could possibly like be her as well you you just you're just bound to react that like that at some point yeah it's it's just a breakdown but what he says is her hitting her ears with her hands is indicative of her blocking out screams meredith's screams oh my god that's such a reach such everything he says a reach fire him just just fire him that's so stupid i can be a better investigator what if i'm like uh, that's uh, to block out the sound of the dump sloughing the fucking Stop dump. it. Stop <laughs> it. Shut your mouth. Lock your mouth up right now. I wish I was so goddamn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted to give like a really ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, oh, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. He may have, like, as well deduced that Meredith's ghost is, like, in her heckin' ear being, like... Yeah, talking to her, whispering sweet nothings, and she was trying to block out the ghost. Yeah. Literally. I don't know. Uh, uh. Yeah, this is... So those are the two biggest... Get out of your own ass. Yeah. And, like, consider other things. Stop being so stuck in your... You can't be so stuck in your ways as an investigator. That's literally how all the wrongful convictions happen. Police assumes one thing, and then after and then different evidence presents all itself. all the evidence to yeah. just ignore yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. There's a That's really so annoying quote from him at the end of the documentary. That's... I, I, I will get to say it. Remind me to tell you what the quote is. Okay. But, like, it will give away the events if okay. you don't know them. There's also a quote during the interrogation from him that's, like... R- Raphael says this, and there's no... I haven't seen any released footage or, like, audio of the interrogations that Amanda Knox and Raphael went through. But they sound like the highest form of manipulation and police brutality and Raphael he said that they called Amanda a stupid slut a cow that didn't care about him a stupid slut and a cow that didn't care about him wait he said that or it was said to him Raphael said that that was said in the interrogation and I mean this guy is doing the interrogations so how I mean I will get on to the inter- I think it's actually what? my next yeah the, my next point is the interrogations the um, when the interrogations start they interrogate Raphael they first interrogate Raphael and Amanda mm-hmm. they bring in Raphael first and Amanda's not like she's not been summoned she hasn't been called in but she goes in anyway because she's a good girlfriend she just wants to support Raphael so she goes to the police station with him which she's I mean, all of this stuff, it just screams of a naive little girl. Like, she is quoted at the start of the documentary as, and, like, in other places, as saying, like, she wanted to do this year abroad in Italy because she wanted to grow up. She wanted to, like, find herself. She wanted to be this new woman in Italy, and she was. She was, like, in, in, back where she was, back where she lived, she was, she was just a cute little girl. But in Italy, she's this, this attractive blonde American right but like this just she's later quoted on as saying i can't believe i even fooled myself into thinking that i was still just a naive little girl and it just shows in all literally all of her actions honestly (laughs) but um during this interrogation 
Raphael, they like, because they interrogate him for so long and they keep just like bombarding him with stuff, he forgets, like he's like, well, I mean, like maybe she wasn't with me last night. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, and no. it's not, it's false confession yeah it's leading not questions is strong with it's, this one yeah yeah i mean it's like i feel like if i didn't know if i hadn't watched all of jim can't swim videos i would be like how could you say that or like oh it must be true but no the way interrogations are held are so harrowing oh god and yeah this has been after especially hours. like some people's mindset because I think I would definitely be an easy victim that will fall to that because, because I like hate never... I hate saying one hundred percent to literally yeah. anything. Even if I'm like pretty certain let's see. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Even if I'm like certain that it happened, I like never say one hundred percent because I don't know, I just don't like it. I just don't like certain things. It's No, even things like when my when when I'm asked, even the simplest of things even the first time I'm like I've got like full conviction and then the next time I'm asked if they say it with more confidence that I'm feeling I'm like ah well (laughs) well I think so my guy yeah I don't know uh I feel like some people are like so easy including me probably so easy to like be put in that situation he just seemed like the most naive sweet Guy. Oh, do we do we like him? Kind of. I don't know. Maybe he was just like a good manipulator. But like, on his first date, he meets Amanda Knox in like a bar, and instead of just like coming on to her, he like takes her to a view so they can look at the view together because it's like his favorite spot. And that's just like so romantic to me. That's adorable. He's adorable. He only ever had one other girlfriend other than Amanda Knox, and he's twenty four. Hmm. He seems just like. Like a dork. He was a computer science guy. Oh, cute. Yeah, he just seemed like <laughs> a dork. Easy to manipulate kind of dork. And they like betray it. Even in the, the goddamn documentary, they try to make it seem like Amanda Knox is this kind of seductress. Oh my Who, god, like, why? Like, convinced why is it, him. Why is it every single time that like women are... Okay, let's, let's put away the whole thing with like her not doing it which we're both thinking when she didn't do it uh but let's put that yeah (laughs) let's put that away and let's say okay fine she did it she did she did it um why why every single time that a woman is perceived to do something bad the whole like seductress thing comes along with it it's so stupid well we'll get into why the seductress thing comes into it because that is its own circus in and of itself and it's one of the reasons why nick pisa is on my shit list right okay so they tell Amanda Knox, when they bring her into the interrogation room, they tell Amanda Knox, your boyfriend's turned on you. Which, like, essentially, I suppose he did, but false confessions and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so essentially, yes. Yes, he did turn on her, but that's the first thing they, like, tell her. Mm-hmm. And um, they they ask her to, to give up her phone. So she gives up her phone, and... Like, they look through this phone and um, they find this message to her boss. Right, right. And basically telling her, well, she'd been told she doesn't have to come in that evening for work. So she spent the night with Raphael. And her message, I could read it out in Italian. I'm not going to, but the direct translation um, is, okay, see you later. Goodbye. (laughs) Essentially. She says that in Italy, it's more like an appointment, like, see you later. But I asked my dad, she meant it, because she was, like, still, she was an American who, like, she wasn't, like, proper fluent in Italian yet. So she meant it in the American slang to see you later. Yeah. She, like, direct translated it. Mm -hmm. They say, no, this means you had an appointment. This means you had an appointment. I asked my dad if that meant, like, specifically you have an appointment. Like, you definitely have, like, an event you're going to see you later. Yeah, I got it. And dad says, no, It, it means, like, the slang. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Maybe it does well, mean different things oh, in certain regions. Certain regions, yes. And also it's been like 
15 years since then. Um, I assume a great deal of American slang has been integrated into Italian language. Right, fair enough. I don't know how like strong my dad's thing is, but they say that that's what it's like to her. Right. And, um... You know when somebody is trying to convince you of what you meant? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, essentially. Uh-huh. And another thing that happens in the interrogation room is that she says, in English, I don't know what the fuck is happening. She says this. There's no... I've found no recordings. So I, I can't s- say the validity of these claims that she's making. Mm-hmm. But she says that she says, like, she says a word fuck in a way of, like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. I feel this can't be fucking happening. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And then one of the people, one of the interrogators is in there is like, oh, fuck, I know what fuck means. Fuck you too. That's, a, like, an what? exact quote from Amanda Knox. So how true what? this is, we don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... And she also, like, claims... I'm reading it because I, I put the direct quote on here. She says that they slapped the back of her head, saying, like, remember, get your head straight, remember. What the f- hell? Yeah, and um, that's what she says. But I was reading through um, Mr. M's, <laughs> the investigator's right. leather cases. Mr. Meany. And um, a different person who... I think he was a journalist who also got interrogated by this guy. He said he was denied a translator and referred to the interrogation as psychologically brutal. So, I'm seeing a pattern here. Oh no. Oh no. What, was he the one that was directly holding the um, investigations? It wasn't that he would like... Was he the one that was He was, was the talking? lead prosecutor. Yeah, so okay. he was the one that was like in, in court, like this is my case kind of thing. Okay. And so all of this has, like, just confused Amanda. She's sat there and they want her to have a story. They want her to, like, tell her something's happened. And she she claims that it's, like, her mind, like, her mind was rolling through all the pictures and what she saw, like, of, the, of her, her life so far, I guess. But, like, she says that she saw, like, the alley outside of Raphael's house. She saw her house and she saw a mumba in her, like, mind's eye. She makes a claim that's like, um, like it was Lumumba. Lumumba did it, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's more detailed than that, but seeing as it was like Lumumba got arrested and then had an alibi, I, I don't see the point in getting too far into it. But mm-hmm. she, yeah, I don't know, she I, feel like in the, I feel like in the, in the situation that she's in, though, like, you'd, most of the things you'd be saying isn't the most coherent no, no. Um, I mean, with an interrogation, that's so chaotic. I can't imagine. And anything. like, how long was it after? Also, she found out about all of this. Um, this is this was fairly recent. Yeah, to so, it. You know, not only does the investigation harrow and just just the whole, the whole situation. situation is yeah. Yeah. Also, so, I wanna three three weeks later, Lumumba is released because of an alibi. Mm-hmm. But the investigator uses this to place more blame on Amanda. Oh, God, because she didn't get it right. <laughs> yeah, essentially, she they were they were like, well, you "Oh, what can't get it right either? Can you?" What <laughs> they were saying, like, you tried to convict an innocent man. This shows guilt. I think that's a pretty strong. I think it's the only strong argument this investigator. I guess, makes. yeah. Out of all this stuff, then yeah. In the documentary, he has another quote. And it goes something like, um, Amanda's weakness. She can't stand being questioned. She doesn't like authority. She's a bit of an anarchist. It's like, um, maybe if I was getting slapped on the back of the head, I would be a bit uh, against being questioned under authority. Slapped on the back of the head and, like, trying to convince you that you murdered somebody when you hecking didn't. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't think she's against being questioned. I think she's against being questioned like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's everything that's happened. Everything that's happened so far. They arrest Raphael and Amanda. They re- they arrest Raphael and Amanda, and they're in prison now. They're be- they're locked up. Wait. So any DNA evidence? Anything like We're that about whatsoever? We're about to go onto DNA evidence. Okay. Um, that's my next section. Right. I just wanted to get all of the um happenings. Yeah, and all of the conjecture because none of this has like proper proof. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What would you like me to explain next? The evidence, or yeah, like what the the 
Uh-huh. Or the media so far, because the media plays an enormous role in this. Right. I want to know about the evidence first, specifically what, like, possibly could they have that amounts to them getting actually convicted? I can give you this. Right. <laughs> when Meredith's body was autopsied, or at the very least um, investigated, they found knife marks on her that suggested a kind of torture. Like, these marks weren't meant, they were like little stabs. They weren't mm. meant for death. Mm-hmm. Or if they were, this person is an idiot. <laughs> Simply. Right. But they, they classified it as like, as like torture. Mm. This room, like I said, it's covered in blood and all of the DNA that's mixed in with this is a man named Rudy. I have not introduced Rudy yet because he is never properly ever introduced. What? So his DNA is all over the place, but they're like, ah, doesn't matter. Uh, Well, it's not that it doesn't matter. They do arrest him, but he's escaped to the country. Oh, he escaped the country. So it's a couple weeks later that they get him. Oh, so the right guy isn't in the country anymore, so they have to arrest somebody, and they're like, oh, this nice, handy American is right there. Words to say about this, because I have more on the bullshit investigator. I have more on him. Bring it. (laughs) I feel like I should, I don't know whether I should get into the rest of his idiocy, I am. I'm going to get into the rest of the idiocy, and I think I'm going to have to, like, cut it to be with the coherent. Yeah. Right. So, he was a prosecutor for, um, there was this case, like, the monster of Florence, who was a a serial killer. Mm -hmm. A body washed up on the shore near, um, Perugia, which is where this murder took place, and it's where his, like, authority lies. That's the region in which his authority lies. And he just, like, decided this guy, this dude, is part of the Monster of Florence case. He just decides it. (laughs) I guess. I guess that's all it takes. And he charges 20 different individuals who were all later acquitted of of this of this murder, and so he just uh, which charges way, anyone and then sees what will stick. I guess, <laughs> I guess. Um, oh my god! I'm not gonna get too far into this case because it's a circus in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But essentially, yeah, he just. I feel like he just wanted. It's a cold case, by the way. It's mm-hmm. it's never been solved. But this causes Giuliano to be charged with, um, what's accused of abuse of office, which was faking an audio recording and um, illegally wiretapping people. Charged guilty of four counts of exceeding the powers of his office. The mini guy? Yeah. Giuliano, Limo, mini. Yeah. Right four counts of exceeding the powers of his office he um which is just kind of a show it just shows what kind of person he is that's just like absolutely the correct person he's just absolutely convinced his life is a movie and he gets it appealed though because well it was appealed because the people in the court who like convicted him they were affected by the illegal wiretapping so this absolutely was not a fair case on his Uh really Mm. but he was like fully because it was because of that um like mishap they moved it to a different country and then it was like the statute of limitations um like it exceeded the statute of limitations so like he never actually was found guilty or innocent he has a quote that says, I have felt under attack since I investigated Norducci. Um, it all started there. Norducci is the guy that got murdered. Or maybe not murdered. There was no evidence that he was murdered. He could have just drowned. <laughs> this guy. This dude. Okay, so Giuliano, he is... He's not a great... He's a piece of work. Yeah. And he has, like, a chip on his shoulder because it's kind of like a small, small city that he's from. So everyone knows that he bungled this case. 
And it's kind of like, in my opinion, that's why everything was so rushed with the Meredith Kircher case. Because he just, he wanted a conviction and he wanted that notoriety and he wanted like for the monster of Florence thing to be like in his past. And I think that's why he like, he like so quickly was like, yes, it's Raphael and, and Meredith, uh huh. And he comes up with this, this story, which is helped by the, um, the headlines. So I'll give the evidence. Evidence shows apparent torture before death and sexual assault. Mm-hmm. The, God, the media finds out about this. And by the media, I specifically mean Nick Pisa of Guess which British news publication? Think of the trashiest one you can. Uh, Daily Mail. Indeed, that <laughs> is where he works. <laughs> oh my god, got it in one track. Literally. <laughs> and I kind of want to show you clips from the, no- the Netflix documentary, because he doesn't even, like, try to disguise his glee that Meredith Kircher was murdered. He literally, he's the most disgusting man you can just you can see it in his eyes in his smile the way he talks about how she was found and how it's like uh, a great juicy detail uh, and he like has this like image of self-importance because he goes on to say how like oh i think because it was like i was from england and this foreign and journalist what is that they with him into the and juliano making it all about themselves yeah, yeah i don't know i don't just, it's just gross men get a grip <laughs> I don't know, like, go to the gym, get ripped, put your energy elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, he, honestly, he explained, the way he explains the murder, it, like, it made my, like, insides curdle. Just, uh, But he's allowed, so he's allowed into the coroner's office, because he thinks it's because he's, like, some big hotshot. I don't, I do not know why they let him in, though. I think it just goes to show how this forensic institution was worth nothing Mm. the press spread that it was a sex game gone wrong yeah that is like where this spins entirely out of control Uh, so wait so did he was he the one to do popularize that theory yeah because he was the one who was first told so he sent it to england and england took it and ran because it's not like england can get in on the case they're in england Mm. and um so like there's all these things it's like femme fatale sex game gone wrong salacious orgy kind of stuff out <laughs> yeah like i just have to throw that in because i'm so grossed out it's, oh my god that's like not only is it like spin spinning your own tail that you have absolutely no evidence for but also it's just kind of disrespecting uh meredith, meredith in yeah. every way shape and form yeah 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 she deserved so much more respect than she was given. Fortunately, they mainly centered around... Um, not fortunately. Amanda didn't deserve this either. No. But um, at least she can partially defend herself. I mean, her life will be completely changed and ruined yeah. from this. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily... She's built a life around herself now, but... Uh, uh, it's just something like this. You never completely get out of it. You can deal with it they quite well. Yeah. It's not yes. going to disappear. Carry on with the thing. Mm-hmm. They dig into her and Raphael's MySpace. And they oh, find this photo. MySpace days. Yeah. So I never had one. It was in 2007, so like... Did you ever have one? Oh, no. I'm not that much older than you, jeez. <laughs> yeah, but you could hang on to the... Wait, did it close down in 2007? No. It happened. Okay, whatever. I don't. I don't any case. We didn't. We. I was like younger than ten when Facebook happened. I wasn't even allowed a Facebook when Facebook happened. Yeah, neither. I I only started using Facebook when I was like thirteen or something. Right. They find her MySpace, and on her MySpace is this photo of her, and they say she's like maniacally laughing behind a machine gun, as though she's like firing it. It looks as though she's in like a. World War Two museum, and she just sat behind it laughing, like not not firing. It's pointed at the ground. It looks ancient. It doesn't. It looks like the most basic of basic photos. Ugh. 
Like she's just, if anything, I feel like she's pretending it's phallic. I'm laughing at that. Like it's just, it's that kind of like photo of just like mm. nothingness. Mm-hmm. And there's a photo of Raphael who's wrapped up as a mummy with a bleach, like a meat cleaver in his hand. Mm-hmm. And it's like these photos shouldn't have meant anything. They're nothing like, oh man, I forget her name, but this British murderer who has photos of her with like daggers but like it's definitely not the kind of not the kind of like fun that those two were having it was like this was worrying (laughs) like the way she is like if you compare those two images it's so i think i know which one you're talking about right she she has like sticking her tongue out and then yeah, 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 and there's yeah. loads of like there's photos with her self harm on her stomach and stuff. Okay, yeah, I think I know what you're Yeah, one. and it's like there's something wildly different with her who had a knife around her her belt every waking moment. Where let's remind you in England, a three inch folding knife is that doesn't lock, it's all that you're allowed to walk around with legally. Mm. And she had a dagger. A sharp dagger at that that she would walk around with like that's not okay yeah yeah whereas this was it's not amanda's gun it's not even it doesn't even look like a working gun it's massive and it's in a corridor mm. <laughs> so but it's so easy for the press to use these photos to spin this tale and then her nickname for herself is Foxy Noxy. The reason for this is because she was a good defender at her sports games. She was quick and sly and she was a good defender. Like a fox. Uh, <laughs> but no, she's a vixen. She's, she's a femme fatale. Heck yeah. yeah, and this is like the, the thing they go with, that she's a sex addict that she sleeps with so many men. She's 21. How how much of a sex addict can she possibly be seven at men. this point? Seven men. She slept with seven men. And you know how I know this? Because they dug it out. In prison, they told her she had HIV. So in her prison diary, she wrote down all the men she had sex with and who she did and did not use protection with so that she could tell them in case they had HIV. She did not have HIV. She it didn't was a have, lie. It was a lie. And her prison diary was released by Nick Pisa. What the... What a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. What a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. And, like, in the in the documentary, he looks so pleased with himself. And in, like, the <sighs> distance, you can hear what is probably the producer. Like, how did you even get that? And he goes, well, we never give away our sources. It completely uh, would destroy journalistic uh, integrity. Oh, my God. He, oh, my God. He annoys me to no, no extent. You know, he just is the worst. He sounds like he has no chill, absolutely, at all. No, no, he's like, you know the role Hugh Grant plays in everything? <laughs> yeah. She's like that. She's <laughs> like the manual of day. <laughs> oh, oh, but this is what they spin. They spin her as, and like for, in Italy, especially in two thousand and seven. I say especially, so it's not just as bad. Mm-hmm. A woman who is like sexual and like free, and you know, just lives in the twenty first century. Like I don't even want to. Even if she was like the most sexual woman in the world. I'm I not going to slut shame her. It's not just do whatever think, she wants. Yeah, you know. Also, I don't think it's just. I think it's just literally everywhere. It's literally everywhere, and it's yeah. just depressing. It might be like slightly better in some countries, but it's absolutely everywhere. I imagine Poland would exact uh, would react the exact same way as well. Poland and Italy are both insanely Catholic. Yeah. But like I think I think even like England and even US, not to, trust not me, to this not level, to the extent for sure. Where one of the things they point out, which is like a, apparently it shows Amanda's disposition and her behaviour. It shows, is she's outside of her house, which she thinks has just been broken into, and her roommate is dead. You don't know if this recording of them 
is before she's found out that Meredith, Meredith is dead. You don't know if it's hours after, but she is stood outside her house. She's wrapped up in the arms of Raphael and he's rubbing her arm as any good boyfriend would. Like if Matt was, if I had just found out, I'm not going to say you because I would be in hysterics, but like, like Giselle from first year. If she had been murdered and Matt wasn't outside holding me. Dump it. He's gone. (laughs) He doesn't exist to me anymore, you know? Yeah. But like, he pecks her on the lips and they just like, it's just like, like maybe three in quick succession. Three pecks. And they're like, oh, she didn't care. She was, she, and uh, I think I have a quote somewhere. Um, Comforting each other with affection inappropriate for the occasion. He's rubbing her arm. He's rubbing, they're not laughing. They're not even smiling. She looks shook. Like the only word I can say is shook. She looks completely shaken. But the way they, the way they tell it, if you don't see the video, the way they tell it, it makes it sound like she was just full on making out. Like, like I said, like they're making out, like they're feeling each other out. Mm. They're not. He's rubbing her arm. It's just comfort. Some sensual arm. Mm, arm. Sexy, sexy arm. Arm so sexy. Mm-hmm. Brown and egg. <laughs> <laughs> so all of this, it completely turns the public's view on um, Amanda Knox because they don't know anything else. The journalists, all the journalists are posting is that this was a sex game gone wrong, mm-hmm. that this was an orgy that, that just went wildly out of control mm. without like proper evidence for any of it.